0: This podcast is a proud representative of The Wellness Company. Go to twc.health alternate take for all your wellness needs and type in the promo code alternate take one word for 10% off. You guys, in today's world, health has never been more important. In fact, it's one of the coolest subjects we've been able to touch on here at Alternate Take. And we've gotten some amazing guests to have discussions with, including Dr. Peter McCullough, who you all know as probably the most famous doctor in the world. Ever since his episodes on Joe Rogan, he is the chief scientific officer of the wellness company and nothing goes through this whole company without his knowledge. If it's certified by Dr. Peter McCullough, it's certified by us. The wellness company is unequivocally and unapologetically standing up for medical freedom and the right to affordable health care. This company has always put the patient first. If you go on their website at twc.health, you'll see all natural products and everything that's going to make you a better human being. Guys, let's get healthy before we even get to the hospital, before we get serious problems. This is the place you got to go. Go to the website, twc.health alternate take, promo code alternate take, one word, for 10% off and thank us later. Get healthy, guys. Your family's dependent on you. up this is all to take i am your host danny rodriguez welcome back to the show on this episode we went into the danger zone i know i've always wanted to say that my whole life stop judging this time i get to say it for real and actually mean something i interviewed a navy top gun pilot mr matthew buckley call sign whiz dude's incredible man it was a it was a blast being able to speak with him we talked a lot about, obviously, the movies, one and two, because I'm basically a real-life maverick. That's that's insulting to somebody like him, but jokes aside, I'm a big fan of the movie, just like everybody else, and of heroes like him, man, but the coolest part about the interview was what he did after the Navy, man. He is a stock options expert, a financial, financial expert, and he also is the founder of his own organization called No Fallen Heroes, which specializes and preventing veteran suicide through the use of psychedelics. Talk about a fucking legend, man. A big do-it-all. It was incredible, man. We talked a lot about all of his work, and I was truly inspired by the end of it, man. So I don't want to ruin what he has to say. So without further ado, I bring to you guys Mr. Matthew Buckley. Call sign, Wiz. What's up, you guys? This is Alternate take, man. We brought you guys a very special guest. We brought you Matthew Wiz Buckley, the best damn Navy pilot there is. How you doing, sir? <laughs> just
1: ask me. I'm,
0: I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, we had to have you on. I saw, uh, I came across your Instagram page, I would say at least um, a couple months ago, and then I started doing some more research on you, and I, I was really fascinated, um, mostly with just the jack of all trades aspect. I always find that very intriguing when in people when they are willing to use their traits in one area and that doesn't seem like they would apply to others and then they know how to do that very naturally i think that's tremendous um for those of you guys who don't know uh matthew here is a stock options expert he is a financial expert he is a leader of a foundation that helps ptsd veterans um through psilocybin which is tr- freaking awesome i've never like heard of an a- organization actually do that and do it well mm. um so you're a big do-it-all and um I think that's a, one of the main reasons I wanted to have
1: you on the show. <laughs> I pretty well when you map it all out like that, man. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Got a lot of, a lot of lines over the side of the boat, a- and I still, I still fly. So we own, uh, we own two of our own personal fighter jets, uh, L L39 Albatross. It's a, it's a two seat, single engine light attack jet or a, a, a trainer jet in some uh, foreign country. So we, uh, I still get to. Go up and pull the uh, pull the fighter jet around. It's not not an F eighteen Hornet that I flew for fifteen years. Uh, you know, it's kind of like going from a Ferrari to riding a moped, but it's still fun. So I still get to go up and pull some G's and and throw some civilians in the back seat and get them sick every once in a while. Oh, that's the best. I wouldn't I, if you offer that to me, I wouldn't take you up on your offer. I would <laughs> thank you, Mister Buckley. I appreciate you, but I'm gonna stay here. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Clint Eastwood in uh, was a Dirty Harry? A man's got to know his limitations. So that's good. <laughs> Good, you're a smart man. Oh yeah. I couldn't even do roller coasters. You can't
0: even make me do that. (laughs) Um for those of you guys who don't know, um, Mr. Buckley here um flew the F eighteen pilot planes, which are essentially for people that don't know that much about these type of planes, these are your typical top gun type planes. Um and that's coming from somebody like me who doesn't who doesn't know much about that kind of area. So it was very exciting to get someone like you because I, you know, I grew up a big fan of the movie. And I'm sure it's in (laughs) jammed down your throat. A hunt thousands <laughs> of times since you've even been you know in in this line of business i can't imagine it's probably so annoying and <laughs> i probably uh, I,
1: it's all good
0: yeah well you know what i i tend to avoid it to, as much as possible to bring up stuff like that for people that do these kinds of things like i remember we had an interview with um mike Ruzioni, who is the 1980s uh miracle on ice yeah exactly and everyone i knew asked me during the interview like did you ask him about the part or where, where he said, "Like I played for the United States of America." I was like, of course, I didn't. If, I don't need him to ruin that part of the movie for me. Like that part. Exactly.
1: I, I don't want yeah. that
0: to be destroyed. So, I did my mm-hmm. best to keep away from those type of things. Like I am gonna do with you. Like I know Top Gun is a big part of your life. Um,
1: and it's unavoidable. It's just gonna be a question that's gonna be asked to you. Thousands sure, I love it, man. It, yeah. no, no worries. It was an honor and a pleasure. So whatever you got, fire away. Beautiful. Um. When did uh, military become a, an idea in your head? Was this
0: something from when you were a kid? I know I have a lot of cousins who, when they were three, I already knew they were going to go to the military.
1: Yeah, it was the earliest memories, right? So uh, I was uh, born South South Jersey, but South Philadelphia, one of six kids, Irish Catholic family, You know, middle, lower middle class, and uh, always taught service above self, uh, give something back uh, to the country, so was always uh, interested in uh, in the military, lived on the beach, the Jersey Shore, not the MTV one, the real one. So Jersey Shore. Uh, so I love the ocean, love the beach. And then uh, my best friend growing up who lived across the street from me, his dad flew fighters in the Air National, the New Jersey Air National Guard. Uh, and this guy was larger than life to me, man. He had like a Trans Am you know, a flight suit. And, you know, he was just the coolest thing, uh, in the world. Uh, so wanted to fly fighters, you know, fighter jets. And then I loved the beach and the ocean. So kind of a Reese's peanut butter cup, when you put those two together it was Navy, uh, fighter pilot. Cause I always just, uh, you know, air force pilots land on 10,000 foot runways and Navy pilots have to land on, you know, ships in the middle of the night pitching in bad weather and low on fuel. So, uh, at a young age, I, I knew I always wanted to fly jets for the Navy.
0: That's all. I think that, that a uh, young memory of having someone who's older, um, having that influence on you. It just, it's crazy how quick that could be in your head where it just changes everything. I, we got to interview uh, Bruce buffer. Uh, who's obviously the announcer for the UFC. And mm-hmm. he mentions that growing up, his neighbor was actually Steve McQueen. Like that was actually oh my <laughs> wow. like, not only was he like a legend to people, but to me, like I saw him on a day-to-day basis and like it, he wasn't like your typical actor today. Like he, he was a very disciplined guy and he was very um, just macho man to me. And I I, I couldn't wait to grow up to be like him. And I was like, man, that's, that's very cool wow. to have that across the street from you. Or it doesn't matter if it's Steve McQueen, obviously, but just mm-hmm. somebody that you can use some inspiration from like, man, that guy's a cool job or man. exactly, uh, I would like to be a part of that. Agreed. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, South Jersey Philly I'm assuming you're a big sports fan I mean, you got to be if you're Irish Catholic from
1: that area yeah sure I'm a, I'm a I'm a recovering Eagles fan right always a <laughs> bridesmaid never a bride well no we won the Super Bowl once but oh man I went through tough years I love the movie Invincible right uh, you know yeah. about Vin, Vince Papali and yeah. that was me man I grew up when uh you know they're throwing snowballs at Santa Claus yeah. so yeah Philly's Philly sports fan but I I, I kind of divorced the hockey aspect. Right. So I ran a helped run a trading firm uh, in Chicago uh, for about three or four years. And my two boys were, you know, in, you know, growing up. So they Chicago Blackhawks. So they became big Chicago Blackhawks fans and played hockey. And then now that we live down here in uh, God's waiting room, Boca Raton, Florida, uh, we're Panthers fans. Right. So, we, uh, we are big Panthers fans and especially this year with them going to the cup. It was, uh, it was cool. So yeah, still, still have my Philly, uh, hanging in the background, but kind of a South Florida guy now.
0: Love it. It's funny. You mentioned that too. We, we interviewed, uh, vince Pauly from, uh, from invincible. Oh, you did? Yeah. It was So <laughs> I, I went after all these sports legends,
1: especially in the movie. I love it. So yeah. damn cool. And, yeah. uh, he lives in Florida now too. <laughs> you know who you should talk to? He, uh, um, he came to our suite. So we have a suite at, for the Panthers, Jack O'Callaghan. You, you brought oh, up a Ruzioni. Yeah. So the OC, uh, is a good buddy of mine. So he, well, and if you're a sports fan, you'll be blown away by this number four, Bobby Orr uh, came to two games last wow. year in the Topkin option suite. So it was, uh, it was incredible. Yeah. If you go on my Instagram, uh, you'll see a picture of me with not only Bobby Orr but Wayne Gretzky. So when Bobby yeah. was, uh, was at our suite watching the Boston Panthers game, uh, Wayne Gretzky walked in and I was like, I I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it, man, To, And it was funny because when Wayne Gretzky left, Bobby or his buddy, I'm like, well, can you believe that Wayne Gretzky came in here? And he's like, whiz, the mountain didn't go see Muhammad, right? <laughs> I'm like, that's a good analogy. So it was so cool having these, these two hockey greats in our suite. Couldn't be nicer guys. So yeah, if you want to talk to them, maybe I'll, I'll try and hook you up.
0: Oh yeah, I'd love to. If they say no, hey, I tried. Big deal. But I'd love to exactly. Awesome. Um, yeah. But that's great. When you got so, what year did you get into the military then?
1: I got commitment, man. I'm going to date myself. I got commissioned in 1991. Uh, went went to school up in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Went to Jacksonville University. Met my beautiful bride. We still we're still married, man, and still knocking it out of the park. So yeah, 1991. Graduated from uh, college. And I got commissioned on the same day. Graduated from college, and then got commissioned uh, in the Navy was fortunate enough to, uh, select aviation, got selected for aviation. And then, you know, naval aviation or any sort of military aviation is a pyramid, right? Everybody kind of enters down here and you gotta, you gotta fight your way to, to the top, right? Cause you, you go to Pensacola, Florida, and the Navy has a lot of what? They got a lot of helicopters. They got a lot of propeller planes. They got a lot of jets. So you have to fight your way. You got to really bust your ass and study hard. I was like the unabomber, man. When I went to Pensacola, I got a one bedroom house in the woods type of thing near the air station. I just studied my ass off and I had buddies who uh, enjoyed uh, the beach life and in, in Pensacola and playing volleyball and all the stereotypical things. And they ended up flying in helicopters. So, you know, I busted my ass and and studied and I got selected for jets and uh, jet training was in Kingsville, Texas, uh, outside of Corpus Christi. I mean, middle of it's Texas, right? They don't put, jet training bases in downtown new york city they they stick them in the yeah. the middle of nowhere texas um but like i said the navy has a lot of jets too so even though you're in jet training you got to bust your ass to try and get the most elite fighter and when i was i'm really going to date myself you brought up top gun when i was going through flight school the f-14 tomcat was still alive and kicking and and uh you know goose and Mav type of thing but i i knew i didn't want to fly that Uh, No offense to all the backseaters, I wanted to fly by myself, man. I wanted to be a single seat fighter pilot. And the newest state of the art fighter jet at the time was the F-18 Hornet. Uh, So I selected Hornets and got sent out to the West Coast, man, uh, of California. And and being a kid from South Jersey, uh, you know, South Philadelphia, you know, I hadn't been west of, you know, Pensacola was as west as I went. Then Kingsville, Texas, man, when we drove to California, I was blown away. I'd never seen anything like that from, you know, the general Shermans to, you know, vineyards to, you know, you name it. I, I was, you know, my mom and dad were used to drinking wine out of a box type of thing. Uh, and me too. And and going and flying fighter jets in California, I was just blown away. Beautiful state. Just, I I was blown away by, by California it. Oh, it's
0: awesome. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I have a lot of like, I guess people that I admire from like the Jersey area. And it's, it's so weird how it's like common. They speak of the way they speak about just other places than Jersey. It just happens to be pretty (laughs) funny because like they always say, well, one, like when you're from Jersey, like you have this feeling where you feel like you're the JV team because varsity is like right next door and you can just peek (laughs) over and see the parties that they're having. And you're kind of just want to get in. And it feels like that. He's like, but you know, like whether it's a Bruce Springsteen coming over here or like one of my favorite comics, Joey Diaz from Jersey, where they talk about, Coming over from here, it's it's funny how like the perspective is where you feel like an outsider and you're you're kind of grateful to be somewhere else. It's really cool. <laughs> exactly,
1: precisely,
0: and Bon Jovi <laughs> and Bon Jovi, that's right. Slippery one wet, great help. <laughs> yes. But um, so you're saying basically like that that scene in Top Gun Maverick where they're like, or uh he goes, You guys know this F-18 manual, and you're like from top to bottom, and you're like damn straight. Like that's a th- like you know it from top to bottom, there's no messing around while your friends were maybe having a good time, you were like, I'm not, I'm not joking around. This is, this is my life now.
1: Correct. Now you only get one shot. Right. Uh, and kind of like the you know, a line from the first movie, there's no points for second place. Right. And, uh, second place is the first loser. So you, you had to know all that stuff, man. And it was, yeah. And, and uh, you know, we have a saying aviation is a self-cleaning oven. I mean, if you're not, if you're not hacking it, you're gone. Either you're gone like and you're still alive, or you're gone and you're dead. Uh, In 15 years of flying fighters, I lost 16 16 squadron mates. Wow. uh, Best friends, acquaintances, and in betweens. Uh, So, and that, are you ready for this? Not one combat loss. All of those were training or bad weather or mechanical or stupidity, uh, actually. So, Yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a tough environment before my first deployment on the Abraham Lincoln to the Persian Gulf uh, to go fly combat sorties for Operation Southern Watch. We lost eight aviators before we even started sailing west from California to the Persian Gulf in training, getting ready. It's called workups. Uh, You you do workups before you deploy. You're actually gone longer during workups than the actual six, six month deployment because you're off the boat you know, off the coast of San Diego for like a month doing all your learning to land aboard the boat. Then you go up to Fallon, Nevada and you drop bombs and you big, you know, make big rocks into little rocks for a month. And then, Oh, you forgot how to land on the boat back at, you know, I, I'd I'd go home to, to see my bride and get my laundry done. Um, but during those workups, it was brutal. We lost, uh, we lost, we lost a lot and, um, and it was tough. I mean, that's, that's kind of where, you know, some of the, you know, the PTS starts a a little creeping in because as a fighter pilot or, you know, just about anybody in the military, but especially a fighter pilot, uh, you're taught to compartmentalize, right? Before I go flying, you know, we get into a brief and we, we get into our zone, right? It's just like a professional, you know, athlete or, but a fighter pilot, you get in your zone, right? it's called a compartment. You're in your compartment and nothing can distract you. Airborne, if you and I were, were airborne going into a target and you got smoked and you just boom, you're gone, your hair, teeth and eyeballs. I can't mourn you, obviously, at that point, you're gone. I got to press on with the mission. I'll mourn you later. Well, guess what? There ain't no mourning you later, right? There's another mission or somebody else loses. So you all these little compartments where you're all right, well, I'll deal with that later. They all kind of get pushed down. Uh, And if they're not uh, taken care of in appropriate ways, they can, you know, they can lead to some pretty bad behavior. They're, you know, it's a new Navy. I'm going to sound like that old guy, like back in my day. Well, you know, back in my day drinking big part of the culture, right? You pull it, you know, you fly combat sorties, you're landing aboard the boat, you pull into port, you destroy the place, man. There's just, you know, it's a lot of letting off steam. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very, uh, unforgiving environment. Like I said, it's a self-cleaning oven. And if, if you ain't up, up to task, Hopefully you get booted before you kill yourself or somebody else.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's really crazy about such a job like that is that it is such high stakes. Like there's no there's no mistakes or else something tragic happens. Like I have a buddy who does like um like motivational speaking for companies and stuff like that. And like that's one of his references he uses where he uses like the uh, analogy of maintenance, maintenance on an airplane. Um, When there's these huge airplanes taken off, you know, for anything, Southwest, any airline, there's mm-hmm. there's a. There's a system of maintenance is that they got to take care of before they before they let the plane go they got to make sure everything works before they go. and he uses it oh yeah for his analogy for human life like make sure that you're doing maintenance on your because if you make sure that one, if one of them's messed up the crane the the plane's gonna crash and Correct. then it's your job to make sure you're being maintenance which a lot obviously applies to ptsd as well um yeah. and it's very strange how like it's really put into thought like we really do think like it makes sense for someone to go, okay, you kind of knew what you're going to see. How are you so caught off by it? And I think some people are, um, handle it. No problem. And then some, it's just, you think you're going to be okay. And the next thing you know, you're not, I mean, like you said, the rage outbursts come out of nowhere. I've I've read some tremendous books, uh, Sebastian, um, younger's book tribe. great. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. was a great book. Um, but you just really never know. And it's, it's really frustrating to see, um, the lack of people really not give it the respect it deserves. I, it's it's great to see people like you doing what you're doing because, you know, everyone has friends who are veterans. Everyone has friends who are in law enforcement. First of all. I mean, I have a friend last year that got shot in the face. Crazy. He yeah. had a domestic violence call and uh, we've been friends for a long time. And yeah. uh, he's, you know, he's had his own problems and, you know, I've talked to him about your organization. I was like, Hey, you never know. Like, you know, it, it could be something. Um, how is that transition from military soldier to dabbling with psychedelics you know and because you know just like everybody else everyone has a big fear that you know everyone doesn't want to be the the next singer from pink floyd losing his mind and tripping out <laughs> you know that's what everyone thinks it's a, it's a stupid yeah. analogy. it's a stupid uh connotation but that's what everyone thinks for stuff like that they think it's like witchcraft they don't understand the science behind it and they don't understand that it's carefully sure. done um how did you dabble with it how did it come across your plate
1: yeah so you know going from supersonic to psychedelics uh, there was def- there's definitely a middle part in there, which was kind of a, a dark area. Right. So separating from the from the military, going from a fighter squadron where you trust your squadron mates literally with your life or they're not there anymore. If if you didn't trust a, a dude or a lady a pilot in the squadron, they were gone. Right. Going from that type of atmosphere to a Wall Street firm could not have been more stark. Right going from an atmosphere where you trust somebody with your life to an atmosphere where somebody would push their own mother in front of a bus for a dollar. It's just, I couldn't, you know, these, these people on wall street wear like golf cleats to step on top of each other to go up the ladder. It was just a brutal uh, existence. I'm like, my God, what, what am I doing here? So there were some pretty uh, dark times for me transitioning uh out of the military because i'm I, it can't be like this because you really lose that sense of squadron of community of of a brotherhood and, and that that just went poof and that kind of you know uh that resulted in some alcohol that resulted in some drugs that resulted in some dark nights of the soul i could not have been more separate from uh from who i, I truly was from source from god whatever word you want to put in there so it was there was some pretty Pretty low times uh, in there, you know. Thank God for my wife and, and my kids or or I might not be on this podcast today. So after skidding along the bottom for a little bit, uh, you know, God takes care of fools, drunks, and sailors, right? So bases loaded, bases loaded for whiz in 2020. I predicted the the COVID market crash to the day. I it couldn't have been any it was insane. So a lot of folks at Topkin Options where I teach people how to trade. We literally made millionaires, little old ladies in tennis shoes. Just, it was, it was shooting fish in a barrel. Wow. So, you know, uh, I, I love this saying, I think it was Matthew, um, from the Bible, you know, it'll be, it's easier for a camel to pass through. And I have a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. So right around 2020, I'm like, you know what, man, I got a, there's a lot of coin right here. I'm not a Pharaoh, right? I'm, they're not putting it in my casket. I'm taking it with me. I got it. Let's get rid of it. And that's when uh, I'm like, I got to do something to, to help prevent veteran suicide. Uh, a picture sitting right over there of my of my groomsmen, Captain Eric Swenson, beautiful bride and five kids. And he put a bullet in his head. So uh, I've lost three uh, F-18 brothers to suicide. And wow. I'm like and then I did some digging. You know, years ago, the number was 17 to 22 veterans take their own lives every day. Uh, and I'm like, that's that's obscene. I mean, you can't even, uh, you know, when you tell people that number, that the color runs out of their face. They didn't know that. Well, a couple of small community colleges last November, Duke University and the University of Alabama, right, uh, released a study in November that said the number is closer to 44 veterans every day, because Uncle Sam, of course, Uncle Sam's was only counting violent deaths. Guy goes in the parking lot after being turned down from the VA, puts a bullet in his head. Suicide. Duke and Alabama dug into these numbers and talked to people and humans behind it. A lot of veterans do what? Drink themselves to death or drug themselves to death. So the number ended up being closer to 44. I'm like, unbelievable. I have got to do something because they ain't doing anything about it. We're tens of billions of dollars funneling to the other side of the planet to turn more humans into hair, teeth and eyeballs. And we're not even taking care of our own veterans. So I started uh, my own foundation. I had no idea what I was going to do. I got to do something to stop veteran suicide. Well, again, God, fools, drunk sailors, I'm covered uh, because he put me in touch uh, with uh, a group of special warfare operators who were like, dude, you want to know how to stop veteran suicide? Mexico. I'm like, what are you talking about? psychedelics i'm like what hey we got a really good group of guys going down in a couple weeks would you be interested and i'm like go to mexico do drugs with navy seals sign me up man sounds like a good weekend well it turned out that i was going to go do drugs in mexico with one of the most famous if not the most famous navy seal marcus luttrell obviously Uh, you know, the lone survivor, if you've read the book or seen the movie with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, So me, Marcus, and then uh, JT, Jared Taylor, one of the founders of Black Rifle Coffee, Uh, and then another Navy SEAL veteran, and then an NFL player who was, I drove from San Diego down to the clinic in Mexico with him in the car, and I was sitting next to the Grim Reaper. This guy looked like death. He just, CTE, right? Four-year All-American in college and then eight years in the NFL, he looked like he was dead man walking. And we went down to Mexico, man, and uh, I know we want to limit our time here. Let me just suffice it to say 30, 40 years of therapy in 12 hours. It was without a doubt the most spiritual um, because most, you know, the politicians – that get us in the wars or the, the rich elite, their kids ain't picking up rifles and serving in the military, right. period. It's usually middle, lower middle class kids like me from South Philly, South Jersey. And we usually bring some childhood trauma into the military. So when I was, I was number five in my family, uh, two sisters above me, my sister Monica, uh, she was killed by a drunk driver when she was a freshman in college at Villanova University. And uh, she was right in the middle. And it was a hand grenade that just destroyed our family. My dad, never the same. I couldn't remember the last time I saw him smile after she died. Oh. Um, lying on my back in a on the floor of a home in Mexico on a mattress. Got to experience my dad died of a heart attack years later. He died of a broken heart. Got to experience my sister, got to experience my dad. Uh, they never left. It was that I saw it all. They're here on this podcast. They're in the, the the leaves and the trees outside my window blown right now. They're in the sunset. They are here. Healed wow. incredible amounts of trauma. Um, I was a drinker. I was about to say, you know, I, I wasn't a good drinker. I don't know if you can be a good drinker. Even if you could, I was a bad drinker. I got done that weekend. Eight months, year, I couldn't even look at alcohol. It made me physically ill. Now I can have a glass of wine with some steak and stuff, uh, type of thing, but it just 99.9 of my alcohol gone. Couldn't even look at it. JT Marcus two and a half years later, they haven't even, they, they, they haven't touched the stuff. Um, absolutely cleansing healing. Uh, I've never experienced anything like it. I learned a new SAT word ineffable. You can't put in the words what you, you can't describe. I can't you know describe some of this stuff and the coolest part about this uh, my brother marcus he showed me his brain scans from the va dark black gray three months after the the ibogaine it was white and he was on he was on 15 med the whiz i I take five to get up five for lunch and, and five to go to bed zero the man hasn't taken a med since we've done this So I got back from that retreat and I said, done. This is the way, this is what I'm going to do with our foundation. I'm going to provide healing grants uh, to veterans, first responders, and their families to go do psychedelic assisted therapy. And it kind of, I'm actually flying up to DC next Wednesday and Thursday to meet with some lawmakers because right now, you know, it sucks because I'm taking veterans where Mexico, Costa Rica, Peru, I'm taking veterans to a foreign country to heal trauma they received protecting this one. It's right. a disgrace. Disgrace. I can't, it's stunning to me. But thank you, Oregon. Thank you, Colorado. Uh, I think we might have our first retreat on U.S. soil in September. I'm trying to manifest that, uh, because, and especially because some veterans... If you got tax issues or some other stuff, they can't even don't even have a passport. They can't even leave, right? And it's not cheap. I budget five-ish grand per vet to go to Costa Rica or, or Mexico. And that's and you know, most veterans or first responders, if they're having a tough time, they five grand's a lot of money. Five grand is a lot of money for anybody, let alone a veteran, first responder who's down on their luck. So I'm. I, I try and give as many healing grants as I can, but also going to Colorado now. One of the clinics we're talking to out there, the guy's like five grand. Hell, I could do two guys for the price of that. I'm like, holy crap! So, the United States is. We're getting there. I was at the uh, psychedelic science uh, convention three, four weeks ago in Denver. It was insane, man. Aaron Rodgers. You know, pol- governors, politicians, veterans, hippies, it could not have been more, a, a, a more eclectic group. But the energy of 12,000, 13,000 people all focusing on the same mission was palpable. So in the next six, to, uh, I'm going to say 12, six to 12 months, MDMA is going to be rescheduled for therapeutic use. Uh, and right now, uh, MAPS is the name of the organization, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Science, MAPS they're in phase three trials with MDMA and talking to the guy, Rick Doblin, who runs maps. He's like, "Wiz, you're going to be blown away by the results. He's like the, the veterans, uh, you know, in the study for PTS, we dropped the D on the end of it. Cause it's not a disorder. It's an injury, right? Post-traumatic stress is an injury. Uh, and sometimes vets are like, dude, I, I don't have a disorder, man. I was injured. So anyway, in this study, He's like, whiz! Not a ten percent, not a twenty, not a not even a fifty, which would be incredible. Most veterans have a one hundred percent reduction in PTS symptoms at wow. the end of our uh, protocol. I was I was blown away, and he's smiling. He's like, "You're gonna, this is this is you're you're gonna be blown away." So this is coming. Uh, it's not coming. It's already here. We're just late relate to the to the fight here. And it's funny because, you know, people like, oh, microdosing or this or that or psilocybin or iboga. And like it like it's it's a new thing in America. I'm like. These medicines have been around for thousands and thousands of years, the fact that we're all just kind of in the United States going, hey, did you hear about this stuff is a little funny, right? Our director of uh, medicine operations, Nicole Fox, a little blonde yoga instructor, she went to Gabon, Africa, in this past uh, December and was initiated into a Bawiti tribe. And these tribes have been, you know, it's kind of like, yay, you know, welcome to the party. You get, you know, let's, we'll help you uh, with this medicine and and bring it, you know, West, but they're kind of like, yeah, where y'all been? We've been doing this for, for centuries and using it. Uh, So yeah, it's really exciting, man. I I am, uh, I'm blown away and honored and humbled uh, by doing this work. I, my, my met, you know, metric of success is going on these retreats or getting, if I'm not on a retreat, just getting the text or the phone calls afterwards that are like, Wiz, don't want to kill myself anymore. When you get something like that, or you see somebody looking in the eyes with tears in their eyes that say that, it's, that, uh, how, how can you not uh, support any of this? Because it's really interesting, you know, whether it's Marcus Luttrell, a famous SEAL, or JT from Black Rifle, or Wiz, just a, you know, a, lowly fighter pilot either we're all full of shit and lying or it's the truth and it's extremely therapeutic and helpful now you know um um, marcus's brother morgan morgan latrell is a congressman he was also a navy seal he also sat with the medicine uh so he and congressman dan crenshaw another republican are are and, and it's funny because the headline the other day was aoc and Dan Crenshaw, I'm like, look at that headline. What did they do? You know, strangle each other. <laughs> AOC and Crenshaw agree on psychedelics uh, for troops and veterans. So I'm like, if those two on exact polar opposite ends of the political spectrum can agree on this, maybe it's a good idea. So it's it's here. We're slowly getting there, but I, I can't wait. I'm still taking people to Costa Rica and, and taking people to Mexico to heal. But you know, this time next year, we need to be healing our heroes at home and not in other countries.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I, I believe mushrooms are the original fungi of the earth, like before, like way before, like you said, thousands of years before humans. So yeah. you're right. It has been around for a long time and, and it's been covered extensively. Luckily on podcasts, like a Joe Rogan, you know, where they talk, where you have a uh, Terrence McKenna and all these guys on there where they can really Correct. dive in deeper, which is great. Um, I wanted to touch on something too that you said I thought was great when you said moving from that job where you had a sense of belonging into an office where you didn't have that. Um, it's it's interesting how, how a part of the PTSD process that is. It may not be mm-hmm. like an injury, but just that brotherhood that you felt and something so powerful. Um, it's something that was covered again in that book, Tribe, that I read where I was surprised yeah. by, um, where they mentioned people will go to war or they'll go to these extreme things. And then they'll come back, and they realize that the bond that they had formed with people over there is stronger with people that they have here, Correct. and it it's really hurtful when it's even stronger than the people that live in your own home, because exactly. you're like I feel guilt now. Like I, I why do I want to go back with people that I barely knew and I love them more
1: than even my own wife or kids? Yeah. And, it, and that thought alone destroys you. Correct. Um, it's it's interesting because there are a lot more studies, and this is a this is a term now, moral injury. Right. right. Because there are veterans that come back with, hey, man, I didn't you know, uh, I got all my limbs and everything's good. It's the mental. It's what you're alluding to. Uh, It's also a moral injury. I have a good buddy, uh, Mark Keller, call sign slider, F-14 guy. Hey, man, that's a that's a house full of bad guys. You're cleared hot to drop on it. Are you sure? Yep. You sure? Yep. Boom. Twelve innocent Iraqis, three generations of Iraqis killed. Wasn't his fault. Wasn't his fault at all, but he, well, is that supposed to make you feel better? Oh, you know, sorry, slider. That wasn't your fault. Dude came home, drugs, benzos, suicide attempts. Uh, He's done the medicine completely different uh, human being because the medicine really allowed what it's disassociative, right? So any trauma you experienced, you're actually sitting outside of it and you can use whatever word you want to use. I use God. It just felt like God kind of had me under her shoulder and was like, Hey, look at all this stuff, man. And was like explaining and I was outside of it and it didn't, it 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 allowed me to look at everything a little bit differently and how it, it wasn't that bad. Famous, you know, sentence. I don't know who to to credit this to you've survived every one of your worst days, period. You have survived every one of your worst days. And the one that you don't most likely is going to be your most incredible day. I, you know, I tell I, I don't tell people this before I take them flying in my fighter jet because it's not something you want to hear a pilot say to you, but I have zero fear of death anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to grow old. I want to see my grandkids, and you know all that type of stuff. But I know, as a result of my five meo DMT experience, when I went from zero to infinity and one was source and everything, absolute peace. I am I, it's funny because I, I tell people, uh, you know, when I got home, I'm like, well, I lost my faith. And they're like, oh my God, I knew it. I'm like, no, no, no. I have knowledge. I have wisdom. I saw, I felt it. I experienced it. I got it. Now I'm like, oh, okay, good. So this is the 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 moral injury can, can be a lot and losing that sense of, you know, you know, it's a perfect term, band of brothers, you know, the, the, the book and the HBO series, you really are a band of brothers and, and sisters, obviously, and when you lose that, and then you reflect on some of the things that happen or the people you lost or some of the trauma, It it's a, it, it can put you in into a spiral and these medicines. And again, to be clear, these medicines aren't for everybody. You can heal breath work. You can do hot yoga. You can walk on the beach. You can climb the top of a mountain. There are so many ways to heal, find your own, but you know, whether it's a Navy seal in Afghanistan or a JTAC like JT was, or a fighter pilot like me, kind of radical, radical life experiences. This, this is some potentially radical, uh, healing.
0: Definitely. I, I love it so much. It's super like exciting to hear about stuff like that. Do you, what are like, um, I guess ways you can tell people what to expect when they first start a journey with psychedelics into this type of realm? There's a lot of theories, There's theories like such as, you're gonna see your biggest insecurities and your biggest fears right away, and the idea is to beat them in this other psychic realm, so you can feel better about it on another side of life. Um, and then there's also more like it's a like kind of like you said earlier, like a big hug from God essentially, and that's it's more like guiding you through things in a more gentler way. Like, what what would you tell someone who's looking to get into this, but is genuinely terrified of this of this thing and has only heard bad things about it their whole life sure. for people that don't know know anything about it?
1: Yeah. Well, a couple things, you know, when people are like, oh, God, I got to try shrooms and this and that and bad trip. So a <clears throat> couple things. The two big things when you're talking about psychedelics is set and setting. Right. What's your mindset going into this this experience and also your setting? If those things are off, you might not be in for for such a hot time. Right. People like I'm like when people tell me "Oh, it was it was awful. I'm like, w- w- tell me about it. Oh, well, I took him and went to some concert. Whatever. I'm like, OK. But, you know, let's throttle back here. So it's it set and setting are very, very important. There's so much. I, I, every time I sat with the medicine, I treat it as a combat mission. I mean, it is like deadly serious. Uh, it's funny because and the manual still sitting over there. This is funny, because the, the place I initially went to was called the Mission Within, just south of San Diego in northern Mexico. And they have a manual. You know, here's what you can kind of expect. So I'd read like a page or two and I'm like, all right, kind of feeling good about this. And then they'd have a paragraph that says, by the way, nothing can prepare you for what you're about to experience. I'm like, holy shit, man. Now I'm all right. Now I'm a little worried. Keep reading a page, page and a half. I'm like, all right, back to being better. Same sentence. Nothing can prepare you for what I'm like. Okay, I didn't get that until I did the medicine. And the next day I'm like, I got it. It was enough to give me a little bit of a, a, of a container of expectation, but they're right. Nothing can prepare you, but it also, to to your point, it depends on the medicine, right? So I, here's the way I'll explain it. Uh, Ayahuasca, psilocybin, MDMA, mescaline, mom and dad, mom and dad love you. They want what's best for you. Ibogaine, Iboga, is the most powerful psychedelic on the planet, wow. and it's granddad or grandma. They love you, but granddad or grandma beat the shit out of you, too, if you need it. <laughs> and when I say beat the shit, I don't mean in a bad way, because a lot of these, you know, psilocybin, ayahuasca are are outside medicines, right? A lot of ayahuasca, you are, man, you connect with everything, the universe. Ibogaine, so Iboga is the root from Gabon, Africa, and it's got about thirteen or fourteen alkaloids in it. Ibogaine is one of the alkaloids, and and they take that out. So ibogaine is, it, it's like taking the 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 nuclear trigger out of the Oppenheimer bomb and just doing that without all the other alkaloids. So, um, but ibogaine or iboga is a very inward uh, experience. It's all you, man, and you're wide awake. For 12, 14 hours, you know, you got your eye shade on. You're wide awake. And the, it's, you know, eye shade up. All right, there's Marcus next to me. There's the nurses over in the corner holding space. All right, eye shade back down. So you're wide awake. It is the most incredible movie you're ever going to see. And it it literally was like a, it it was like a Hollywood, like the camera. It's like I said, I was under God's shoulders and God was just kind of, we looked at everything. Right? So there's no. Nobody, knock on wood, that I've done Ibogaine or Iboga or we've helped has seen anything that wasn't, you know, essentially already within them. Right. And for me, I remember at one point because uh, uh, the Ibogaine experience, it's so interesting because hundreds of people I've talked to have done this. It really is kind of broken in half. And I don't know the time frame, obviously, but the first half as the medicine starts to work, it's like God giving you a brief, like buckle up and check this out. I got back from doing the medicine. I told my wife, I'm like, don't need to travel anywhere ever again. She's like, what? I'm like, I saw everything. So God literally like, it it was almost like, check this shit out. I mean, check out everything, man. I saw like an ant on a leaf in the Netherlands. I saw, I mean, I saw everything on this planet and the entire universe so everybody kind of reports the first half ish is similar it's kind of like dude look at what i i can cook right and then the second half is you it's geared towards you and i remember like you know worried like oh something would bad one time as i'm getting the brief like the, the tour like this red face appeared that I would probably I'm like, Oh, Hey, see, here it is. I'm oh shit. What's going to, it, it, you know, kind of like an old fashioned what I would think would be the devil type of thing. And it came here and I'm like, that ain't that, that ain't that scary as it kind of went away. And it's like, it almost heard me like, like, Oh really? And it came back and I'm like, no. And then it went away immediately. And I was left with this feeling of now as humans, obviously there's evil. Jeffrey Dahmer, Vladimir Putin, but it left me with the sense like, dude, God, I don't, the dude can cook, right? He's like, I don't make imperfect things. I did not make like, I didn't make like, all right, this thing, you're the devil and do evil. There are, you know, people that do evil things, but it just left me with the sense of, cause I was like, oh shit, what's this gonna be? And I leaned into it and it went away. So whenever somebody's like, you know, I had a bad trip or whatever like that, second of all, they probably didn't do any integration. Like when we get back from a medicine retreat, it's not like, you know, we're all at the airport, like, okay, I'll see you later. No, no, no. There are integration calls. You have got to, it's work. Like this thing is going to scrub you. You're going to come back a clean piece of paper. And what you do with that paper is very important. If you go back into the old habits and all sorts of shit like that, it might be a little bit of a, of a struggle. You have got, it's called integration. You have got To do the integration. I remember the doc, the doctor down there and my guide that next morning, I'm like right in my journal. I couldn't believe everything that had just happened. And then I saw and I experienced and I was so, and they're like, whiz, throttle back, man. I'm like, oh man, they're like, listen. And they nailed it. 5% is here, is this, the medicine, 95% is the integration. I'm like, that makes no sense. I'm, I'm the exception to the rule. They nailed it. 5% 5% was the medicine and it, it, it kind of walked you up to the door. Now you got a, 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 a fresh clean house. What you do with it is critically important. So very long answer your short question. When people do the whole, Oh, I'm scared or a bad trip. There were reasons for that. I have never, I, you know, when I was with Marcus and JT and the other guys, there were points during the night where I'm like, Holy shit, are they getting, it sounded like they're getting cut in half by a saw. Right. I'm like, what the fuck's going on over there? And the next day I'm like, you good. They're like, never better. I had some demons and I beat the shit out of them. I mean, literally, I, you know, I'm not going to share some personal details, but one of the guys was like, dude, I took an ax and, and did blah, blah, blah. And it absolutely healed me type of thing. So Uh, I've, you know, knock on wood, I've never heard anybody have a quote bad trip or negative experience Uh, with any of this stuff. All of it has been therapeutic and helpful. Again, knock on wood, never heard anybody in the past couple of years having a, uh, any of that stuff Um, because they do the work, right? Uh, I remember as part of the workbook and working with my coach before Ibogaine, you had to come with five intentions for the medicine, your intentions. And also you had to come with five questions. What do you want to know? And it was so cool because almost like a checklist, God and I ran through all of them, and then ran through these too. So if you come in prepared, treating it like a combat sortie, you're gonna get some some good work out of it. But if you just kind of show up half-assed or whatever, it might be a little bit of a challenge. But again, I've never never seen anybody with ibogain or iboga have uh, quote a bad trip. All of them have been life changing and therapeutic.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man. I, I I think it's really cool too to to think. These practices are being, you know, going into from people that are the toughest people in the world. You know, I, I think there's a big element of shame people have to admit that they have a problem, that they have some yeah. sort of thing going on. It's it's not manly. It's I have a family to look forward to and I are look take care of, and I can't let them think that
1: I'm weak. Whatever, well, Danny. So here's uh, I'm glad you brought that up. We in the military do an awful job at this trauma shaming, yeah. right? Because there are some veterans like, dude, I'm I'm not Marcus Luttrell. I didn't lose three of my buddies or i you know i i wasn't next to my friend when his head got blown off so my trauma Who am I? Who am yeah I? I don't qualify uh uh-uh, uh that's bullshit man trauma is trauma and to, for for civilians man it doesn't if something is was a horror or it is a horror to you that's enough man so don't don't do that to yourself if uh if, if don't sit there and go well shit these guys you have know, seen a lot of stuff and no uh uh uh-uh, uh-uh, man trauma is trauma and whatever is, is, is hurting you is hurting you. It is unique to you and it means the world, but you can also, uh, heal that. Right. And this is, it's so funny, man. Cause I'm telling you, Danny, five years ago, me, if I heard me on a podcast talking like this, I would have kicked my own ass. Um, but that guy died on a bed in Mexico. I am a completely different human being, but old me would laugh at these two sentences and he'd be wrong. Two sentences, that I laughed at before the medicine that I know are fact. The first one is this, the medicine calls to you, right? It's not a seek or a, it calls to you. I'm like, that makes no sense. It did. I, if, if you kind of feel it, it, the medicine will call to you. Uh, If you don't hear it, it ain't calling you yet, or maybe it doesn't need to, but put, put that in, write that down on your note card as a, With said the medicine calls to you. This also happened to me. Here's the other sentence. The second, the instant you say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to heal, things change. It happened to me. I always thought people who, you know, kept journals were weird. Starting the medicine work, they're like, write a journal so you can keep track of like your journey. I'm like, that sounds dumb. Thank God I did. From the day I said, you know what? I am going to go with these guys and check this out soon as the universe heard that man shit start either shit started changing or my perception of things changed. Like I can't explain it, but I know things. It, it, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things I can't explain, but the medicine will call to you. And if you're interested in doing this and you say, you know what? I do want to heal. I think it's just, it's, it's God or the universe going noted. I got you. That's cool. Things shift. Uh, and begin to change. So I, I know for a fact, I was the guy that laughed at that type of stuff. And then now I'm the guy that says it's, it's the truth. Yeah. I, I think people experience that at a microdose level, right? Like
0: if they start eating healthy and they start, um, reading books and taking care of it, two weeks later, they're getting job interviews, girls like them. Like they they know what it's like to start doing things correctly and then Correct. that
1: universe pull towards them. Yeah. Um, when I think too, you know, when people say, you know what, I got some shit wrong with me. I, I want to try and fix that. Boom. That's the, you know, how do we eat an elephant? One bite at a time. There's that first bite. And then things start to manifest to your point and they start to change. And when you do start the medicine work, like I said, you get a manual, you get coaching calls, you're going to start going through a process of what are my intentions? You know, what are my questions for the medicine? So all that stuff starts, you start putting out to the universe and the universe is like, that's pretty cool this person is wanting to better be a be a better father, husband and human being. We're going to start aligning some stuff his way. So, I I I 1000% believe that.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's funny. I I like this comparison too where I think of um how people view people that do psychedelics. It's it's very much like the way you would kind of view a a metal rock band or something in the beginning, like every Metallica, <laughs> exactly. right? Everyone yeah. loves Metallica. But when they were starting, what did everyone say about Metallica? What, they weren't even famous. It's like these burnouts, doing nothing, correct? doing this voodoo stuff. Wait, they don't want to get a job like regular people. They're just yep. doing basically unconventional things that no one's in support of. And then correct. in their heart, they know it's the right thing to do. And the whole yep. time, they're just meddling their craft and becoming better humans. And then they get to the top of the top and everyone's like, I love Metallica. <laughs> exactly. Kind of like, you, you, you didn't really like take any lessons from them nor did you really even give them the support that they needed not maybe they didn't even need it in the first place but the idea yeah, of that no. analogy is to never necessarily look at the beginning of them and start throwing judgments because the final product can be tremendous. and i feel like that i kind of view psychedelics that way where people do yeah. stones but they just don't know much about metallica and eventually they're going to become fans of it as as it goes on well
1: it, it's a great analogy because i you know years ago people would be like oh it's hippies or the bay area and anti-government type of people now you got marcus luttrell or jt or Wiz. you have veterans uh coming out and saying hey man this this healed my trauma Uh, you know so it it helps change the narrative and even if people did throw stones uh i don't care right i'm gonna put my mouth guard in and my chin strap on i'm gonna press right up the middle uh it's on Fights on you can keep throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Uh, I don't care because I know this is the way. Right. But I I think that's also why God kind of is dropping a little bit of uh, veterans into this uh, fight is because, you know, for better or for worse, if if the public do look up to veterans. Maybe they can. Well, if that guy's saying that and he's not a complete idiot and the nation trusted him with a top secret clearance and he's saying this, maybe we can believe him, you know, and and people look up to uh, athletes, right? Aaron Rodgers saying ayahuasca, you know, just uh, and it's interesting because people like, oh, ayahuasca made him a great football player. I'm so glad that he stops that. And he's like, no, 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 no. I didn't do ayahuasca to be a better football player. I did. Ayahuasca to be a better me. Right. Right. The the being a better football player was a result of that, right? When I came back, I was a better human father uh, and and husband. All of a sudden, shit started to get better. Right? Trading at uh, things were better, right? Or maybe I knocked the rust off, so I could th- I was more grateful instead of just kind of being an eor uh, all the time. I had gratitude for for things, so it it helps reframe the narrative. But people can people can kind of throw stones and, you know, old me would probably, you know, drop the gloves and want to fight new me just sends them love. And I'm just going to lead by example. I mean, one of the guys uh, on my advisory board for the foundation is Daniel Carcillo. Daniel Carcillo was a two-time Stanley cup champ uh, for the Blackhawks and his best friend on the Blackhawks was Steve uh, Montador. And, 16 concussions or something like that and every time the team docs and the nhl docs are like dude you're fine here's some Motrin." well he died in his sleep at the age of 36 and they opened up his head man and he was he was dead he was dead man walking and carcillo's like holy shit he's my best friend i'm a goon i'm the enforcer on the blackhawks he flew to orlando to a you know brain imaging center and they're like dude you got an eggshell you know acorn falls on your head and you're done he's like "What?" So he actually got out. He ended up suing the NHL on behalf of Steve's family and stuff like that. Um, but uh, Dan opened his own psychedelic business and ketamine clinics outside of Chicago. So he joined my board because, again, if people look up to an athlete, he's like, dude, psychedelics are the way that I, I, I cleared my brain, man. He went to Peru and did, uh, I believe, ayahuasca. So if people can look up to veterans or, or athletes in this space maybe we'll help change uh, the folks who are going to sit there and throw some stones. But at the end of the day, man, there there's people in this country that would complain. It's not hot enough in hell. You're always going to get, you know, the naysayers and the, and the stone throwers. I love them. I love them. Uh, You know, when you figure out that God loves Jeffrey Dahmer and Vladimir Putin as much as, as he loves you, or it loves you, that that's when you, you really start, start seeing things. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Mike Tyson's a good example of all those guys, you know, yeah. are nuts, you know, to his, to the highest degree and speaks yeah. highly on psychedelics and what it's done for them. So, oh, yeah. and I mean, uh, I can't, I really can't thank you enough for your time, man. I mean, um, uh, like I said, I can, I could talk to you for hours because <laughs> about mostly military and psychedelics, we didn't even get into Top Gun Options. Um, your amazing book, which I just bought, hasn't come in the mail yet, um, from sea level to sea level. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. Um, it's exciting man it's exciting that you go this deep in each realm. It's a indication of your character. It shows how you took care of business in the navy and how you continue to do it going forward in your life and I, and I think that's tremendous because when you do it that way it's just proof in the put it's just so cheesy when people say it but it's just like how you do one thing is how you do most things. Yeah. Um, and it's uh it's beautiful when you treat this like you said this is a mess to me, there's a purpose to this. Just like there is when you're in that fighter pilot there's a purpose to this, you know, there's a purpose to trying to make money. There's a purpose to being a good father. And I think all of it ties in in some weird way. I'm probably not smart enough to make the connection, but maybe if I do a couple of trips to Costa Rica, I'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, you will figure it out. But yeah, man, I, you know, I appreciate that. I, I don't, I don't like doing anything half-assed, right? If if something is worth doing, it's worth doing, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to succeed or I'm going to die trying, right? Failure is, is definitely not an option, especially when we're dealing with stuff like this. I, I, on a daily basis, you know, in my email, I see these grant application requests and I'm just like, oh my God, man, there's, I haven't received one, you know, a grant application request that wasn't like an, either an immediate need for help or just, uh, you know, brings tears to my eyes. Just the the amount of suffering and need that our veterans or first responders have in these families. And I, sometimes I just get so... I do get beaten down, right? Because it is a money thing, right? I mean, I, you know, my wife and I kind of self-fund our foundation a little bit, but we can't uh, do that forever. Uh, so it is a little heartbreaking. But that's also why I'm going to D.C. next week. We actually have a meeting, I don't think with him himself, but we have a meeting with the Speaker's office, Speaker, uh, speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. So I don't know if it's the Chief of Staff or a staffer or him. But uh, I, if you're a veteran, you should not be coming out of pocket to heal traumas inflicted uh that you received uh serving this country so i'm gonna i'm gonna manifest that and because this is danny this is a we the people moment these politicians i was in dc two three months ago i forget when it was and in private you know wink wink nudge nudge whiz we love what you're doing and this is great you know what's going to be a problem is big pharma i'm like dude that ain't my that's your problem lead yeah. right lead follower get out of the way that ain't my problem dude so this is kind of a we the people moment we're, we're we are going to move the leaders, so to speak. We're going to move the politicians. They ain't kind of, you know, you know, because you do talk to some Republicans. Oh, drugs bad. That's why it is good to see a, a Crenshaw or Latrell going. No, no, no. Or Governor Perry, Rick Perry, eight year governor of Texas, ran for president. He used my line out in uh, Denver a couple weeks ago. He was on the stage, seven thousand people. He said. Five years ago, me running for president, you know, I'd I kick my own ass uh, advocating this. He's like, those days are over with. Um, so in, until the day that Uncle Sam is providing for our veterans, the No Fallen Heroes Foundation is going to exist. My my mission objective, Danny, is to not have the No Fallen Heroes Foundation. I want to work myself out of a job. There should not be a need for charities to take care of our veterans. Isn't that the point of the V.A.? <laughs> So, right, but I so mean hard. that's that's a whole separate rant. I don't even want to get on, but yeah. So hopefully, I'm out of business uh, soon, so I can take one of the. We started the podcast w- with you listing ninety things that I do. I'd love to ditch this one, but I'm not right now because it's too important.
0: I love that man. Thank you so much for everything. Um, do me a favor. Tell everybody where they can find No Fall on Heroes Foundation, your Instagram, and they can get more information on all the things we spoke about.
1: You bet. Uh, NoFallenHeroes.com will take you to our foundation page or NoFallenHeroesFoundation.org. Uh, but NoFallenHeroes is quicker. It just redirects to the to the foundation page. And then NoFallenHeroes on Instagram. Uh, that's our Instagram account. And then uh, mine is official underscore Wiz Buckley. Um, And then, uh, yeah, you can follow, follow me there and and check out uh, everything we're doing. And if you get a chance, you know, you can throw a couple shekels on No Fallen Heroes Foundation. How uh, five bucks, ten bucks, anything uh, uh, goes a long way to help uh, save veterans' lives. Oh,
0: definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll shout out to my listeners. Throw some donations that way, man. You can buy a Starbucks. You can you can give to veterans.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Great way to put it, man.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Buckley. I appreciate you coming on the show. You bet, Danny. Fight's on, and thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. This has been All awesome Take. We'll see you guys later. Peace. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our interview with Top Gun himself, Mr. Matthew Buckley, call sign Wiz. An amazing conversation, man. I had such a great time, and I can't stress enough how important it is for you guys to try to donate to No Fallen Heroes, man. What what an amazing, amazing organization. I put all their uh, podcast links, all their social media links, everything like that in the podcast description. Go check them out. Um, if you can donate five bucks, man, like I said, that that goes a long way, dude. It really does. And check us out at Alternate Take, man. Check us out on our podcasts, on our social media. See what I got going on, man, our next guests, whatnot, man. It's exciting to keep doing this. And uh, go to twc.health alternate take and type in the promo code alternate take one word and you will get 10% off all your wellness needs for the best damn wellness company on the planet appreciate all you guys and uh that's it this has been alternate take my name is Danny rodriguez i'll see you guys later peace